So, John, if you could die and come back as any inanimate object, which object would you pick and why? A Christmas tree? I guess uh, in honour of the season, you know? You had a choice of anything you went with Christmas tree. What would you go with? Probably something that lasts year round. Oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not like a pot of potpourri or something? Like that. <laughs> It's not quite what I was thinking, but yeah, sure. What, what what do people keep all around? Like, I, I, I don't know, like a house. A house? You have people inside you? Okay. Yeah, you get to see all kinds of dramas that are going, be the ultimate fly on the wall. No, an office building. Because you'd be the wall. An office building. You'd, you'd, you want to reincarnate as an entire office block. Yeah. That's a movie I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> be good. Yeah, sure. You'd see a lot of drama. Mm. Office drama's the best. Welcome everybody to Beyond a Box Set, podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry and joining me as always is John. Hello. And we're in episode 96 now, which means our countdown to episode 100 is getting one, one, one less. It's getting, uh, yeah, scared really close. Yeah. Um, so if you if you don't know, we're doing a live show for episode 100. So January 19th, which is a Saturday evening, mm-hmm. um, we're gonna, we've booked out the back room of our local pub and we're going to be doing E.T. live in front of people to embarrass ourselves in front of people. We're not going to be doing E.T. live in front of an audience. We're going you know to be discussing I mean. E.T. Live. You know what I oh God, It's not grow, that kind of show. Grow up, John. So you're the one who said it. You're the one who turned it into something that it wasn't. All right, fine. Yes, if you're interested in going to that, go to beyondtheboxer.com slash live, and that'll uh, redirect you to the right place. Cool. Now, Jack Frost. Jack Frost. Part of our Christmas season. Yes. Film three, I think it is now. This is number three, yes. After Edward Scissorhands, questionable Christmas movie, mm-hmm. and Elf. Unquestionable Christmas movie. <laughs> so I'm Jack Frost. This film was terrible. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> like, it took... Well, well how, how long was the film? It was like an hour and a half. Well, yeah, it, just over an hour and a half. Maybe an just, hour and a half. Just 40, over an hour yeah. and a half. It takes a solid 45 minutes for anything to happen. Yeah, he doesn't become a snowball <laughs> Well, that was okay. This is where I, I want to start with this actually, because knowing that you had not seen this film, mm. knowing that you had no context for this film particularly, mm-hmm. did you expect him for the first forty minutes of the film? Did you think that's where it was going to go? That he was going to at some point become a snowman? No, I wasn't sure. I thought that this film was going to be more of a uh, a Krampus like film, mm-hmm. where the snowman is not going to be a, a friendly creature. Okay. I mean, in hindsight, it's. I, I guess kind of obvious that that's what's going to happen if you know that there's going to be a, a, a snowman a, involved, a, a, talk, yeah. a talking snowman. Because it's foreshadowed a little bit. I didn't see that he was going to die. No, I thought it was just going to be like a family against this snowman that's just going to try and attack them or whatever. That's you really thought this was going to be like a Krampus-style horror movie? Yeah. Okay. So I expected from you. Okay. That's generally your style of film. Um, yeah, it was just so boring for the first forty-five <laughs> minutes. Nothing was happening. It was just normal family drama. Not even, like, extreme family drama that's interesting yeah. to make a story out of. It was just like, oh, yeah, the dad missed the hockey game. That's it, really. <laughs> <laughs> 40 minutes of that. Yeah. What do you think of his band? Hey, Joel, do you mean the Jack Frost band? Yeah. 
I had questions. Yeah? I had a lot of questions about that band. So, it's Michael Keaton mm-hmm. playing a character called Jack Frost. Mm-hmm. Which isn't really commented on particularly that his name is Jack Frost. Uh, I think it is at one point. There's one bit that we'll get to when he mentions it. Yeah. But other than that, it's like, oh yeah, it's the Jack Frost band. That's not unusual. Mm-hmm. So the film opens with them at a gig. Quite a big gig. Mm-hmm. And they've got a quite an expensive band set up. You know, they've got like a cellist, mm-hmm. a full drum kit and a keyboard and you know, big sound system. Yeah. Looks to be a big venue. It's not just a little open mic night. And it says the Jack Frost band. Yeah. It's not like they're playing an open mic set or like a multi-band set. They are playing quite a large venue. Mm-hmm. And yet then the film says, you know, they're not signed. They don't have a record deal. Mm. It cuts to a guy who looks a lot like Joaquin Phoenix, but isn't, holding up like an, an old 90s phone saying, you got to hear this. We've got to sign these crazy guys. Yeah. On the basis of the fact that they're covering Frosty the Snowman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The band itself, I thought, were aggressively average. Yeah. They, they really felt like John Legend in La La Land. Mm, yeah. Well, it kind of felt to me like it was some kind of Bruce Springsteen tribute. Act. Yes. Because yeah. I'm sure he's covered Frosty the Snowman. He's done some Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. And Michael Keaton's definitely doing his best Bruce Springsteen impersonation. <laughs> vocally. And also, jumping forwards a little bit, when he goes home to bed, the completely unnecessary sex scene with him and Kelly Preston... It goes on just a bit too long. It really does. He's I, literally I... dressed as Bruce Springsteen for bed. <laughs> yeah, like, he's wearing like the cuffs off white vest mm-hmm. and he's wearing the jeans and the big belt. It's, he's literally dressed as Bruce Springsteen. It could be a tribute act. There was very little effort that went into this film. No, I, I, I also noticed at that point when he when he comes home, mm-hmm. um, he comes home from this tour that he's been on for a while and uh, he's not got a single bag with him. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's got stuff in his pocket. He's got mm-hmm. something for his wife. I forget what it is. And he's got a harmonica for his son. That's literally all he's got with him. Mm-hmm. But where's he been touring? <clears throat> I don't know. Because uh, it, it felt like that gig was in their town. Yes, exactly. Because it says, like, you know, Denver's best kept secret, the best band you've never heard of. Mm. How has that band not been on local radio, given the size of them and the size of the venue? Yes. And the amount of people that were at that gig? Yeah. Where is this fan base <clears throat> coming from? Yeah. We see this gig, and we mm. see them covering Frosty the Snowman mm-hmm. in this kind of Bruce Springsteen style. And then it cuts to, like, the next day, and there's, like, a, a van driving down a road, and you hear the radio playing the song mm-hmm. and they're like the best band you've never heard of Denver's favourites you know the Jack Frost band that was recorded live last night don't ask us how we got the tape like- <laughs> yeah I was wondering that like how did you get the tape was it that guy's phone call yes so did the radio show start halfway through the song yeah or did they just secretly I, I don't know why is a radio station that's d- apparently dedicated to 70s rock and nothing else because mm. it says no 80s no 90s yeah. just 70s classic rock all day every day yeah. which sounds like a typical radio station yeah, format sure. sure except we're also going to play a low quality live recording of some band nobody's heard of covering in, Frosty the Snowman in present day 90s in the present yeah. day yeah like, I was very confused That was Medford's own Jack Frost Band. Best little band no one's ever heard of. That's recorded live last night at Denver's Music Hall. Don't ask us how we got the tape. Man, they are due for a break, huh? Hey, we got more music coming your way from the 70s and 90s. No 60s, no 80s, I promise. Central Colorado's classic rock. Okay, what else is bad about this film? (laughs) You tell me. Uh, The Bully. The bully. Oh, actually, actually, let's do a little plot summary and then we'll get into okay, sure. some of the things. So I'll, I'll do this this week because it's my, my pick. So as I mentioned, Jack Frost was released in 1998. It stars Michael Keaton as a dad who's also a lead singer in some kind of band. Mm-hmm. He seems to talk quite a lot, mm-hmm. although the band is, as we mentioned, unsigned. He's married to Kelly Preston and he has a young son called Charlie who's about maybe 10. 
Yeah. His son wishes his dad could be around a bit more. He seems like he's a good dad. He does. This is another issue I had. He's not a bad father. <clears throat> he's actually a very like nurturing. He's a really good dad, dad. Apart yeah. from just he seems to miss every moment of his son's life, which just doesn't seem to add up. He's not like Robin Williams in Hook. Yeah, who's like he, constantly busy. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he's not a good dad at any moment, mm. and he misses all the good moments. Yes. But yeah, this one is just confusing. Like, how do you get to be that good a dad, but also that bad a dad at the same time? Well, I feel like the son was basically entitled and spoilt and was asking too much. It really didn't feel like the dad missed everything. The dad took time when he was actually running late for a gig or a recording session mm. to teach the son a little bit of hockey. You know, at the beginning well, of Well, I mean, barely anything. Barely. He, you know, he did a little bit, you know. Like, but it just yeah, seemed like he missed a few things, you know. I, th- I think on that one, it was just enough to sort of like... Uh, Say, hey, look, we, we, we could play hockey together. That's an idea that you can get in your head. Right, I'm going. Oh, uh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I think the, the main issue is that he overpromises. Yeah. He says he'll do something and then he forgets or he, something else happens yeah. and he can't do it. He's not the worst dad in the world, but he has some issues and the son resents him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so he's off on some tour. He gets uh, into a car accident and dies. No, no, no. You, you've missed a bit there. So he, he misses the game yeah. and then his wife makes him promise. She's got a name, Gabby. Her name is. Okay, sure. Great name. She makes him promise that they're all going to go and go on a trip together to the cabin up in the hills or whatever. Is that their cabin? I think so. Where is all this money coming from, from this unsigned band? Do you know what Gabby does? Yes, she works in a bank. So actually maybe she's yeah, bringing in the bacon. There we go. Yeah. So yeah, they've got to go on holiday together. They've all got to go on holiday. That's... Yes. It, For Christmas. They're going to spend Christmas in the cabin. Yeah. But then just before, like literally minutes before they leave, he gets a phone call (laughs) and it's like, we're getting signed. Yes. And so even though his wife is pretty much just like, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. She at no point is like, no, you go on this holiday. Yeah. But uh, obviously his son is and then he decides that he is going to go and get signed instead of going on holiday, but then changes his mind. None of the band protest. No. (laughs) I I love that. Just like, you're this very large unsigned band yes surely you want to be signed at some mm. point but then no, nobody's up for it at that point I was like this is why you don't have a record deal you guys are not committed to this mm. at all and that's why yeah, maybe you're just they're just happy being a mm. local touring band like clearly they've got like big fish small pond syndrome and yeah. when these big opportunities come up they're like oh no I can't be bothered yeah. Like, yeah I think they feared failure that was mm-hmm. my psychological reading of the band but yeah they're on the road and he decides, you know what, I can't do this. I'd rather spend the time with my family. The band are like, sure, great. Mm. Max, mum's going to bake us all cookies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the rest of the band seems to be like the Seven Dwarves or something. They'll, yeah, yeah I, I guess. They don't, have, they don't have their own lives to lead. <laughs> Except for Mark Addy, who clearly wants to get in with Kelly Preston. Oh, yeah. yeah. So then he drives back, gets into a accident, is killed. Mm-hmm. We cut to a year later, is it? Yeah. The son is obviously very upset, still struggling to deal with his father's death. He's not doing as well at school as he used to be. He's being bullied. Oh, we forgot to mention the magic harmonica. The, the film. Oh, uh, yes. So so his dad gives him... Before his dad dies. Before his dad dies. Like the, the night he comes back from tour, he gives him this harmonica. Yes. And says, like, it's magic. If you play it, wherever I am, I'll always hear you. Yes. Which he's making up. Yes. And he, he says that later in the film that, yeah, it's completely made up, but... Mm-hmm. Turns out not. No. Well, I had another question. So he gives the son the harmonica mm-hmm. when he gets back from his tour. And then when he has to go to leave them at Christmas to go and get signed by this record company, the son gets so angry and pissy about it that he gives the harmonica back. And he's like, I don't want it. Mm. Like, that's his big, like, fuck you, dad moment. Yeah. So I guess the dad has it on him when no, he dies. He, I think he throws it into the car. So I'm assuming that the wife takes that car up to the cabin and then... He gets into Mark Addy's car. 
I'm guessing that's. The, oh, I thought that. That's see, I thought that the dad of. maybe like just put it in his pocket or something, and then at some point after his death, somebody was like, "Hey, so this harmonica was found with your dad's mangled corpse. You want to take that back, maybe?" Like, yeah, I, I really don't know. No, sure. But anyway, so cut to a year later, the dad is dead. The son rediscovers the harmonica, feeling very sad, plays it, and Jack comes back mm, as the snowman, as that, snowman. He, that, that he built the day before. The year before. Well, and the day before. Oh, no, you're right, you're right. They built a snowman together, Mm -hmm. and then, yeah, the catalyst to the son playing the harmonica is that he's having a sad night in on his own, and he goes out, landslide by Stevie Nicks plays, Mm -hmm. it's very, very very emotional, Mm -hmm. and he builds his little snowman all all on his own, and he plays the harmonica, and then the dad comes back in the form of a snowman. Yeah. Now, you said at the beginning of this episode that the first 40 minutes of this film was really boring, and nothing happened. Mm -hmm. We've now reached the point of the film that the whole film is building to, which is where the dad becomes... A snowman. Yeah, I've already been thinking, what are we going to talk about for the rest of the plot summary now? Yeah, because I would argue that as much as not much happened in the first 40 minutes, once he becomes a snowman, literally nothing happens. (laughs) Yeah. No, the the, the plot of this film happens in five minutes in the middle. Yeah. It's like the script was just like, okay, so we've got a dad, he dies, and he comes back as a snowman. Mm. Question mark. Yeah. Like, cut, great print, let's go. Like... What happened after that for the next hour of this movie? Okay, let's try this. So, Charlie's inside, and then Jack wakes up as a snowman and goes and tries to torch Charlie through the window or something. Mm-hmm. Charlie freaks out a little bit. Uh, Understandably. Yeah. Like, his dead dad has returned in the form of a, we'll get to it, horrible-looking snowman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack somehow finds his way into the town centre for no reason whatsoever. Oh, he does. He goes gliding. Yeah. Yeah, freaks out. Uh, Henry so, Rollins yeah, for, yeah, yeah. The, but the school Henry Rollins who was a rock singer who also acts <coughs> occasionally mm-hmm. playing like the school coach sure yeah he's in like two scenes he doesn't matter but okay, yes yeah. um, so freaks him out goes back home eventually makes friends with his son Charlie mm-hmm. well actually they don't quite make friends until there's a snowball fight yes uh, where we get to my favourite character which is the bully <laughs> um, we'll get back to this I'll try and finish the plot summary yeah. and then they go sledging to mm-hmm. get away from the bully. Yeah. Which is a long scene. This scene, I was going to say, this is actually how the movie padded out. That's, <laughs> that sledging scene went on for like 15 goddamn minutes. Yeah. And you, know, you could tell because it had like this weird song that I didn't recognise playing over the soffit. And I swear it was on a loop. I swear the song was on a loop because that scene went on for much longer than three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, his mother is just quite concerned that he's acting quite weird. Yeah, because he's I talking mean, to a snow. Nobody yeah. else can see. Well, Henry Rollins no, 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 sees no, it. Yeah, the people people can see him moving. It's just, yeah. but not as many as you'd think. It's, it's just he's subtle. You know, obviously he's not subtle because it's, it's a kids' film. Yeah, but nobody seems to be looking at the right time. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So his mother's concerned about it, and they follow him round or whatever. Finishes a hockey game, which his dad. Oh, his dad finally teaches him hockey. Yes. Had to do that J shot or whatever. Um, he rejoined the hockey team, which he'd previously quit, even though he didn't say that he'd quit it. He said, in, initially, he said he got moved to defence. Yeah. And then, in another scene, said that he quit a long time ago. Yeah, it seemed inconsistent. Yes. Yeah. Um, I also thought. And, that... and, and so then he got his old place back as mm-hmm. front. Well, I don't know. Yeah. There's a hockey game at the end of the film, and his dad finally gets there, gets, gets to go and see a hockey game. Don't mm-hmm. know why his son didn't just take him. Yeah. yeah, he just left him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The son seems to like, forget pretty quickly that he had a dad who was made of snow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Jack Frost risks his life to go and see this hockey game. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Charlie takes him up to the mountains so he doesn't melt. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, they go to the cabin, uh, and uh, his dad calls his mum um, to say, like, oh, we're, we're at the cabin. How, and, did, and he, how, did, he, how did he dial the numbers? <laughs> With his little stick. Don't know. Little stick fingers. Don't like, know. Didn't he break? Like, well, it's an old, like, rotary. It's the 90s. Well, it was like a rotary phone. He like. also, he's also not got ears. Don't question his anatomy. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Oh, I have many questions about his anatomy. <laughs> we'll get um... And uh, yeah, the mum comes and picks him up, and uh, they, and finally sees that the snowman is actually alive, and then the snowman just disappears, and we do see Michael Keaton just once more. Yes, we do. Who does he sing a song or something? Yeah, he sings a little bit of that song that, that his wife likes. Every time I say goodbye, my heart breaks a little or something. Yes. Okay, cool. And then he, and then he goes away, and uh, that's that's it. That's the film. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay, so the bullet finally. The bullet. okay. Yeah, talk, um, talk to me about the school bully. The ultimate nineties. PG-rated school bully. Sure, with his spiky, slicked-up hair. Brilliant hair. Mm. One curse, or one insult, which is yeah. butthead. Butthead, yeah. Which is... The PG oh, curse. The, yeah. It's the ultimate insult. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that he was wearing... In at least one scene, I didn't notice it was throughout, but there's one scene in particular where he's wearing a literal, like, pearl necklace. Is he? Like, like <laughs> Lisa, Lisa Simpson style. Like, a proper little neck... Mm-hmm. I'm sure that was never a fashion for boys. It was a very odd detail that I've noticed. It's the scene where he says, uh, "He says, hey, you butthead. And then his friend says the, like, the most cruel line I've ever heard in a children's song. He's like, he's no fun to pick on since his dad died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, that bully has clearly got a lot of things about himself that he hasn't yet realised. Yeah, well, the bully clearly yeah. has. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, he has his own little tragic backstory. He's like, well, I never yeah. even knew my dad. Like, <laughs> It was great. We were just like, we, do we feel sorry for yeah, it? Yeah, you a character. <laughs> well, it does. That does come back. It does. Yeah, it's <laughs> such an unbelievable way for how a bully would react. Just like, yeah. oh, the snowman's your dad. Oh, okay, I'll help you. Yeah. Just like that's not what a bully would do. But what does he say? Why does he help him? Oh, do you remember the line? No. You're right. So he sees. So at the end of the film, he sees. Oh, I, I know what it's like to lose a dad or something. Or? Well, there's that. But then he also says, and you know what? Snow dad's better than no dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man alive, this film. This is just awful. Look, Rory, it's too hot down here. If I don't get him up to the mountains, I'm going to lose him. He does look pretty bad. Come on. You know what it's like not to have a dad. It sucks. It sucks big time. All right. Snow dad's better than no dad. Let's go. Okay, what do you think of the snowman in general? Um, horrifying, mm-hmm. upsetting to look at, mm-hmm. just not pleasant. Sure, it looked unappealing. Like it's a so it's a, it's a Jim Henson thing. It's not oh, CGI. It? It's, it's okay. a Jim Henson Studios creation. I feel like it jumped between the two sometimes. I'm sure there was a little bit of CGI, but mm. in, on the whole, it was a puppet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Something about the way it moved, like its mouth movements and the way it like glided, just looked. Scary. I think mm. if I'd seen this film as a kid, it would freak me out. Mm-hmm. I think it would give me nightmares. Yeah. Because I was watching this film, and I thought to myself, you know what? I don't like snowmen. <laughs> like, it just it, as a general rule. Not even, mm-hmm. like, talking snowmen. I just don't think I like snowmen. Sure. They take a fucking age to build. Then once they're built, they're really unimpressive. <laughs> like, what, what, then what happens? Like, oh, great. Mission accomplished. Well, yeah, you've made a snowman. You've you, you've built a thing. You've you've achieved a thing, and you can, I don't know, make it look better or worse or whatever. You know, instead of giving it a nose, give it a penis. That's always that's always a good uh, laugh. Okay, sure, yeah. 
I had better things to do. I had books to read. Oh, great. <laughs> Look at you now. Yeah. So Michael Keaton was not the first choice to play mm-hmm. Jack Frost. The role originally went to George Clooney. Oh, my God. I was going to jokingly say Frank Sinatra, and you said George Clooney. Mm. And also he's they've played the same character in the past. So yes, they so have. Yeah. close. You were close, yeah. But George Clooney <laughs> dropped out fairly late in the game, mm. at which point Henson Studios had already developed the puppet snowman to look like as much like George Clooney as possible. So this puppet is supposed to look like George Clooney? Yes. Okay, it doesn't. No, it does not. <laughs> but it maybe looks a little bit closer to George Clooney than it does to Michael Keaton. It does not resemble in the slightest. Also, I was wondering. Okay. So kind of a technicality with a snowman. Um, he goes through a lot of different injuries. Yes, he should does. We, should we say? None of which are realistic, of course. You know, a snowman would just fall apart if it gets knocked over by a snowplow. Yeah. Yeah, there's bits where he like he comes apart and he'll have to balance his head back on his shoulders, which is always good. Good visual comedy. I mean, I wasn't laughing, but sure. No, me neither. In theory. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I like a thing where somebody's head gets knocked off and then they're talking to their head, but their body is like a different entity. Sure, yeah, because it's, it's like the, the, his little stick arms were like... You, yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, you there, body, help me, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. There's the bit on the, the very long sledging scene where he just gets a lot thinner mm-hmm. and then goes through a snow drift and just goes back to exactly normal size. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the holes he gets in with the hockey training montage. Yeah. Again, yeah, okay, I guess he can just pack that up with snow or whatever and just good as new. Yeah. So at the end, when Charlie needs help from the bully to get the snowman into the lorry, mm-hmm. why not just grab his head? Yeah. Why not just grab his head? Or maybe the, the middle bit as well. And then just like cannibalise the middle bit, take bits off that and just whack it on the head. Mm. So the head stays as a normal good sized shape or whatever. Mm. And then you just build a new middle and legs later up the mountain. Yeah, I did wonder what part of it was actually him. Yeah. Yeah. You could just stick him in a freezer all year. You could, yeah. Well, that was a question I had. So at the end of this film, there's this whole big thing, like you said. It's like, oh, God, it's the hottest winter on record. He's going to melt. We have to get up to the cabin to save him. Yeah. They go through this whole rigmarole. Like, they put, you know, Charlie has to like run away, basically, with a snowman. Mm-hmm. His mum doesn't know where he is. He panics. Then they get up there, and what's the first thing the dad does? He's like, it's time for me to go now. <laughs> so what was the point? Yeah. Well, that's not the first thing he does, actually. The first thing he does is he lights a nice, warm log fire. He does, you're right, yeah. <laughs> Which, not the smartest move, yeah. No. I mean, the sun needs to be kept warm. Maybe it was like, I'll go stand outside. Like, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I know what you mean. But, like, what was the point of it all, then? How did he light that fire? He rubbed his hands together really fast. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> it didn't feel like there was a ticking clock. Mm. It was like, I've decided it's time for me to go now. Yeah. Also go where? Yeah, yeah, to the afterlife, I guess. But what? Because when he, I'm jumping around because this, this whole, this really confused me actually. Because nobody asked him. I love doing this. I love breaking down, try, trying to work out the logic of yeah. a film that clearly has none. Yeah, because he's been dead for a year, mm. right? And then he rematerializes as a snowman, mm-hmm. and he says, "I'm back." Mm-hmm. Back from where? Yeah. Where has he been? Like, is it the afterlife? Nobody asks him. Like. Does God exist? It's one of the age-old questions. And you have an opportunity to ask, you ask. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nobody particularly seems interested. Well, the, mm. the sun certainly doesn't seem particularly interested. Probably because the sun is selfish and cares only about himself. But does the dad know he's dead? I don't know. Maybe. That's that's a weird twist on the film. Because he, he seems like he accepts the fact that he's a snowman really quickly. Mm. And... 
He seems like mildly yeah. annoyed by it. Yeah. But there's no sense of like, oh my God, I'm dead. So has he been in the afterlife hanging out for a year and then he's somehow been pulled back by this harmonica? Don't know. Is there an afterlife or has he just been like gone and then this harmonica brought him back from oblivion in the form of a snowman? I had a lot of questions. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> Nobody asks. A stupid film. Yeah. This is, the, this is the thing. This film is so incredibly lazily written Yeah, that nobody even asks the most basic questions of like what the internal logic of this film is. Mm-hmm. Also, he does actually say, at a certain point he says, why did I have to come back as a snowman? Is it because I'm called Jack Frost? That's not very original. <laughs> so first of all, I was like, is this the script writers making fun of themselves? Maybe, yeah. I think. But then also, does that mean, if that's the reason, because he is called Jack Frost, mm-hmm. if he'd been called like Hugh Janus or something you know, like, <laughs> oh John <laughs> or, 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 yeah, or something like you know like a silly name like Mike Hunt you know like mm-hmm. you know you've heard all the jokes yeah you know? yeah yeah anything like anything huge ass Seymour uh, Butts Seymour Butts yeah they all seem to be we're, 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 we seem to be focusing on a common thread here you know what I mean like <laughs> is it just because he's called Jack Frost well I don't know but that's not what I've written in my uh, in my sequel okay oh, okay you're going to touch on that in your yeah, sequel yeah. Okay. fair enough why me? Why a snowman? I mean, could the universe really be that unoriginal? I don't know. I mean, is it the name? Jack Frost? Because if that's it, that's not even clever. I should accept it. I'm a frozen freak of nature. I just want to know why. What did you think of Michael Keaton's performance in the film? was fine. Didn't look mm. like he was putting a lot of effort, but didn't look yeah. like he was putting in no effort. No. It was somewhere in the middle. He was just, he just went in, just like did his thing because he's a good actor. Mm-hmm. I feel like films like this are why Michael Keaton disappeared for a while. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he had the 80s, like Beetlejuice and Batman and all the kind of things. And then he did a lot of crap in the 90s and then mm-hmm. he kind of disappeared for like 10 years. And then he came back with like Birdman and yeah. all the stuff he's done recently, which is great. I like, I really like Michael Keaton. I think he's mm. a great actor. Yeah, he is. Yeah. In this... I felt like it was weird because I felt like the scenes in the first half when he's a human and then the scenes in the end when he's a snowman, it didn't really feel like the same person. It felt like the tone really shifted in the film. Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah. It really, like, changed. It went from being a quite, basically, almost like an adult family drama for the first, like, half hour. Mm-hmm. You know, not that loads happens, but it's like, oh, he's like a normal dad. Like, he, he has a sex life. Like, you actually see him, like, you know, romancing his wife. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's a film about real human beings. Mm. And then when he comes back as a snowman, it it just becomes this weird cartoon. Yeah. It's strange. It, it's very jarring, the tonal shift. You're right, it is. I, I'm just annoyed at how long it took to get there. Yeah, I know. It really went, wasted our time. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't fully disappointing afterwards, because I did enjoy most of the different scenes. It, mm. Just in a way of, like, this is a bad film, but I'm enjoying it for being a bad film. Sure. Whereas the first half is like, this is a bad film and I'm bored. There are certain scenes in particular, in the second half when he... Is just doing the voice when he's the snowman. Mm-hmm. There's one bit in particular when he says the line, um, it's when they're doing the endless ski montage or the mm-hmm. sledging montage, and the son says, No, he says, Hey, you the man. And the son goes, No, you the man. And then he says, No, I'm the snowman. <laughs> and I just started imagining like the sad, angry conversation <laughs> between Michael Keaton and his agent at that moment. I, just, I could just imagine him like, I'm not going to say this line. I will not <laughs> say this line. I will not say it. <laughs> Because he really sounds like resigned and bored when he reads that line out as well. It absolutely must have been for the trailers. Yeah. 
Hundred percent. That was absolutely a trailer line. Hundred yeah. percent a trailer line. But yeah, he seemed vaguely embarrassed mm. to be there. You the man? No, you the man. Nope, I'm the snowman. <laughs> I will say that in the end, that the last scene when he's like he comes back to himself, mm-hmm. like, it's not a good scene. But he, he's he's doing. He's actually he's acting the shit out of it. Like, yeah. you know, he's got he's got a tear in his eye. He sings his little song. It's like oh, okay, yeah, he's he's trying at that point at least. He's like trying to salvage something. I wonder if for this he's actually trying to make a career, or if he's just like. Yeah, I've got Batman money now. I'll, I'll I'll do that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, that's it. I think he he had a lot of bad films at this period because mm. whether he just chose poorly or he just took anything that people threw money at him for, but mm. he definitely made some poor choices. And this was yeah, I don't think he's a natural fit for this. He makes a decision as a snowman to not talk to his wife at all. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, she can't see me like this at all. Yeah, and then obviously he phones her up, which and she handles the conversation. Like getting a phone call from her dead husband. Well, she doesn't remarkably she doesn't, she doesn't well. Instantly clock that it's him. No, so she only really clocks that at the end, and then he hangs up straight away. So, sure. yeah, but I don't know, she seems to handle it pretty well. But <laughs> I thought it was weird that last scene at the end when he gets all emotional and he says it's time for him to leave, mm-hmm. and then he's he, she's like, "Sing me a story, Jack, or sing me a smile, whatever it is mm. she says." So this is the first time he's seen her and she's seen him in a year. And he's dead. Yeah. So this is both the first and the last time. You know, This yeah. is a husband and wife who seems to really love each other. And all he says to her is, Gabby, you look great. Yeah. That's all he's got. Like, yeah. not, not I love you, not I miss you, not mm. I will always love you. Just, you look great. Mm. Good for you. You've really held it together in my absence. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was just such a weird life. It was very odd. And then... I was really upset that she didn't kiss the snowman. Yeah. That would have been great, because it would have been so awkward. It's just like, how do you go about that? Well, there's a scene earlier on when she when he first builds the snowman, and she oh, comes yeah. back from work, and she there's no one around, she's on her own, and she seems to like be sexually attracted. She, yeah, she flirts with him. She's yeah. probably flirting with the snowman, yeah. It's weird. <laughs> weird. Oh, I yeah, I would have liked a, version, a more adult version of this film when they have to kind of like, well, how's this going to work? Can we craft... Because there was a bit when he's a human, when he, he tries to craft the snowman a penis. So mm. Like, mm. Yeah. Bit of a thing. I don't know. I don't know how that would work. Pretty cold. <laughs> what would the baby be? I'm not suggesting they procreate. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> a little ice cube. Cool. Um, um, the, there was one joke in, in this film that I did actually uh, quite enjoy. It's okay. when Mark Addy and... Um, I keep forgetting her name. Kelly Preston? Yes. Yeah. Um, when they're reporting that their son, her son has gone missing. Mm. Um, he's got a snowman with him. And the police officer's like, well, let's ride the snowman. And Mark Addy's like, it's just a snowman. He's like, I, I need a description. Okay, white. Right, Caucasian. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I did enjoy that. No, no, that, that was decent, <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah there, there, were, there were a few little jokes in here and there that were quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, what's the snowman look like? Like a snowman. He looks like a snowman. Three balls, two stick arms, a cute cork nose. He's a snowman, Dave. What do you think he looks like? Hey, look, I'm just trying to do my job. That's all I'm trying to do here. Can you help me out? Five eight. Okay, fine. White. Caucasian. A stocky, right. well built. I'd say 500, 550 pounds. Could you estimate an age? Drinking games. Let's go to some drinking games. Okay. Go for it. So my first one is drink every time the script lazily acknowledges its own ridiculousness. Nice, yeah, yeah, sure. So there's the bit where he says Jack Frost. Am I a snowman because I'm called Jack Frost? That seems ridiculous. And also the bit when the, the band's music is playing in the 
Laurie. And it's like, don't ask us how we got the tape, because we're not going to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Just, there just seems to be a lot of moments in this film where the the scriptwriter was like, oh, God, this is a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Ugh, just, just, I'll just acknowledge it. I'll break the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. It was almost like it could have been played as a Deadpool-style film, but it wasn't. Mm. I mean, yeah. like, just touches of that, just like, you could see the fr- sense of the frustration of the, of the writer. Yes. Mm. Um, my first drinking game is Drink for Any Innuendo. Yeah, there's a bit. There's, a, there's not a bit, there's, there's a, a lot. Load. This is, okay, who is this film for? Uh, it's a family film. It's a family film. By a family film, that means the parents can watch it too and they're supposed to get something. Yeah, sure, yeah. It's supposed to be like, oh, I made a sex joke. Yeah, yeah, so you, you can, yeah, because he makes a snow penis. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets boobs at one point. He gets point. boobs at one point, that's an interesting um, scene. Yeah. He he says just, there's a lot of innuendo in the script as well. Yeah, true. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Mm-hmm. Drink for terrible puns. Yes. Snow Dad's better than No Dad. Yes. You, you the man. No, I the snowman. When he falls apart, he says, talk about separation anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> there were lots of lines that felt like they needed, like, canned laughter, like Big Bang Theory canned yeah, laughter. Like, yeah, they did. Wasn't great. Yeah. Um, I've got to drink for whenever Jack or the snowman sings. Yeah, yeah. Which happens a little bit throughout the film, mm-hmm. here and there. Yeah. Well, similarly, I had mu- drink for musical cues, very heavy-handed musical cues, like mm-hmm. when Landslide plays. It's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, it's like, you know, Extracting those tears. <laughs> Didn't get any from me. No. <laughs> uh, drink whenever um, the snowman has any kind of injury. Mm, sure. Which is plenty. He gets his arm, his little twig arm, stolen by the dog. Yes. And then somehow gets it back. Yeah. Which is weird, because it's very difficult to get a stick back from a dog. It is, yeah. Maybe just waited for the dog to get bored and drop it. But did that? does he feel pain as a snowman? I don't think so. I don't think he does, no. no. Like, what must that feel like? Well, he doesn't have any nerve endings. That's what I mean. What would it be like to like come back from the dead? You know, I don't know. John. As a snowman, I don't know why you're asking me, John. I don't know. I don't know. I just felt like because you mentioned like what part of it is him? Is it just his hair? Like, does he feel any pain? Does he like? It'd be weird. I don't know. Yeah, freak me out. Yeah. Okay. Lots of injuries. Mm-hmm. Drink for long, 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 long montages. Sure. Yeah. Which. We discussed. Yeah. Obviously the biggest one so, is the sled scene, but there's other ones as well. This film is at least 50% montage. I mean, the sled scene, that's not a montage. That's just a long scene. Okay. Long musical scenes, I don't know. Long action yeah. scenes. Yeah, yeah. L- long action sequences. Fair. Though, yeah. Fair. Uh, that's all I've got. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. I guess that's that's Jack Frost for you. Cool. Great. Do you want to play a Friends game? We could try, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which member of the Friends cast would come back as a snowman? Chandler. He's making a lot of jokes. Yeah, actually, yeah, his his love of terrible wordplay definitely falls into the Chandler yeah. thing. Um, so I think that, well, we're going to have to recast some people as kids. So I think that uh, Ross is going to be the main son. Okay. And the bully is going to be Joey. So is that going to be Ross and Is that Matt LeBlanc and David Schwimmer as, like, 50-year-olds that they are now? I don't know. Kids, the logistics of this. But dressed as young, as small children. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that could be disturbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, so Monica is the mother. Sure, okay. Uh, Rachel is the little girl who has a crush on, on Charlie. Oh, we didn't talk about that little girl. Yeah. That, scene, that <laughs> snowball scene. That snow fight scene. And she's like screaming as if she's in the middle of Platoon or something. Yeah. She's like... <laughs> well, I mean... The, Alex, no! The, they pretty much treated that snowball scene as the start of Saving Private Ryan. They do, yeah. It was yeah. done pretty seriously. Mm-hmm, absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, I think that girl's reaction is... It's fitting with the scene. No, she's very much role-playing. Yeah. Mm. Okay, that leaves Phoebe. The coach? Yeah, sure. She's the kind of person who probably would 
think she'd seen a snowman. Mm. Yeah. Great. I like it. Cool. Cool. Um, Print friends game. We tried to tell you. Roar, you fuck. Okay, so before we get to the sequel, we always talk about Patreon. So we're on patreon.com slash set. And if you've enjoyed the show so far, or you've enjoyed any other episodes, then please go there and send us a little bit of money, because, you know, that's nice, that's kind of you, Christmas spirit and all. Mm-hmm. If you do that, then uh, we will give you a bonus show where we review films in the cinema right now. We also do a 30-second advert that we play on the main show once a month. Yes. And also, once a month, we will pick a patron supporter who gets to choose the episode for us. That can be on the main show, or it can be on a bonus show if you want us to talk about your favourite film, which has a sequel, like Toy Story 2 or something. Yes. And that's it. Pretty much, yeah. Great. So all that's available, patreon.com slash set. Thank you very much. We know you love box sets. And the area outside of them. Do you ever wonder what people see in artists like Garth Brooks and Insane Clown Posse? There's a lot of hidden value in this music, and we want to understand why people are so dedicated to these artists. We're Think Outside the Box Set, and we almost accidentally stole the name of Beyond the Box Set. Join me, Cameron DeWitt. And me, Nathan Hunt. As we listen to artists that many people dismiss, maybe for good reason. Check out boxset.website. Or your preferred podcatcher. You've tried the best, now try the rest. Cool. Right, sequels? Yeah, I believe it's your turn to go first this week. Yes. So I've got two sequel ideas here. Okay. One of them is pretty much uh, like the Friends game, where I've just picked the cast and I'm just going to recast everybody. Yeah. Okay, sure. So I found that in this film, a lot of the humour felt quite familiar, and even the look of the snowman felt a little bit familiar. It all felt like some kind of Seth MacFarlane comedy. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. So, you know the Family Guy episodes where they redid Star Wars? Yeah. But with the same characters as Family Guy? I see, okay, sure. I'm going to do that. Okay. So, obviously, the Michael Keaton Snowman character is Peter Griffin. Makes sense, yeah. The son could just be Chris Griffin. Sure, makes sense. Makes sense. Lois is obvious as well. Yeah. But then who else have we got? We've got Mark Addy. Yes. Who would he be? Well, he clearly is a big old horn dog who wants to move straight in with Kelly Preston as soon as um, Mm -hmm. he's dead. So, clearly, he's Quagmire. Okay, great. He's Quagmire. Who else have we got? We've got. Well, you, you, you think of them. Think of like a Family Guy character and see where they fit into this. <laughs> oh, am I naming Family Guy characters or characters from this film? Uh, either. Well, let's stick to characters from the Jack Frost movie. So mm-hmm. we've got the mother, the son, and the snowman. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a huge cast. The bully? Okay, well, maybe do it in a slightly different way. And the bully is the old paedophile? Okay, sure. I was thinking the bully could be Stewie. Oh, yeah, I forgot Stewie. Oh. I haven't seen Family Guy for a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And also he, he's wearing a string of pearls, which, you know, Stewie often cross-dresses, so, you know. True, true. But he's sort of the spiky hair somehow. He could have little... Yeah, he could have some... <laughs> yeah. Sure. It, I don't know, it's adolescent Stewie. Uh, the little girl who has a crush on Chris, probably Meg. Probably Meg, yeah. Um, I mean, yes, that's weird, but also... They've covered that in Family Guy. In Family Guy yeah. <laughs> they've kissed before. Yeah, I know, yeah. Uh, what's Brian going to be oh there's a dog Brian can be the dog that pisses on the snowman oh yeah of course <laughs> yeah that's great Maybe. that lines up nicely yes it does that's really nice do you reckon that in this version Brian can understand the snowman Peter and chooses to piss on him anyway because you know yeah sure yeah yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah that's, yeah I like that I, I like this idea if this film was well known <laughs> enough for Family Guy to have bothered to do a whole parody of it yeah it would work pretty well yeah it really would um, Henry Rollins who 
The guy who gets scared by the snowman. Oh, yeah. Um, Joe Swanson. Yeah, definitely Joe Swanson. Yeah. Quite, yeah, quite similar, like, you know, mm-hmm. very, like, you know. Is uh, Cleveland in this? Given that there's, I don't think, a single... There is not a single person <laughs> of colour in this movie. This is a white, white movie. Even, yeah. not even a, it is a white Christmas in every sense of the word yeah. in this film. Like, yes. There is no racial diversity whatsoever. Not even, like, a token black friend for the kid. No. Nothing. Mm-hmm. This is... This is probably, like, we've, we've joked on this before, this might be the, the only 100% white film. There might have been others, I, I, I wonder. I, it's definitely on the, one of the most... Swiss Army Man. That, that, yeah, maybe apart from films, any other like two or three characters. Yeah. But yeah, this is a crazy white film. Mm-hmm. Not not so much as an extra, I don't think. Edward Scissorhands? Actually, yeah. Okay, there's more than you'd think. Yeah. But this is definitely up there. Right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, well, Cleveland could just be Cleveland, just like, hey, why is there no black people in this film? Like, and that's his, he his could just one come line. in, yeah. one line, yeah, exactly, yeah, cool, great. Uh, any major Family Guy character we've missed? I don't think, I think there are not especially. I mean, there's Lois's dad crops up every now and again. Yeah. Not really, no. No, uh, I think you've covered cool. it. Yeah, I can see that, and I, I, despite not having enjoyed Family Guy for about ten years, mm. I like it. Yeah, like, like that idea. the humour really wasn't that far off. No, it wasn't. Things it, like when he, he the two snowballs hit him in the chest, he gets boobs. He no. does exactly what Peter Griffin would do, mm. even with like a sort of... <laughs> yeah, it's weird. This film felt like it was like a, a U slash PG film like that was desperate to be like a 12 or a 15. Y- yeah. like, they really wanted it, but they just couldn't... Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Do you know what the director who directed this film went on to direct? No. The failed Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. Oh, great. Yeah. Wow. Great career. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, and then the the other idea I've had, which okay. uh, is also uh, going to need some improv from you. Sure, okay. Um, it's called Jack Frost Returns. Jack Frost Returns, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm hoping that's not all you've got. <laughs> no. <laughs> and go. <laughs> <laughs> so, John, what can you do with that one today? Uh, no, so this is going to be... So, also, you've seen the film Boyhood. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The one about the kid who puts a Shrek hat where he gets... It was filmed over the course of 15 years. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Good film. Was it... Do you remember what happened or what anybody was called? Do you remember anything other than the fact that the film took 12 years to film? I do not. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's that, that's when I realised on my over here. Just like, oh yeah, that's a really good film. Wait a minute. What happened? <laughs> yeah, okay. It's a nice film. It's It's got a concept that works, that plays yeah. well. It, it's, it's a film you can like let wash over you. But sure. Sure. Have you seen it more than once? No. No, me neither. No. Don't think anybody I doubt I'll ever watch it again, unless we do it for this podcast yeah. at some point. Yeah. I, I, it's not on my list. Not on my list either. Anyway, so th- this is going to be set over the course of Charlie Frost's adolescence. Okay. And well, maybe a bit late into his life as well. So essentially, Charlie is going to get into loads of different situations where he needs his dad's help. Right. He needs his dad to help him out of some kind of situation. Or advice, maybe. And each time he calls his dad back, he calls him back by making it a different kind of body for him to actually be. Oh, so he's not going he's to not back all, as He's a not snowman. always going to be a snowman. It might be midsummer. What's he going to do? Good point. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So, I've got a few examples here, okay. um, which are, essentially would play out as different scenes in the order of sure. life, as life okay. goes. Uh, as an example, first example I've got here, Charlie is in school, mm-hmm. um, he's got an exam, mm-hmm. um, he's, in, he's in the exam, so he can't, he can't do much. He's really struggling, he's, he's struggling with the questions, so in the margin of the paper, he doodles a stick figure. Okay. And somehow manages to blow the harmonica or something. Maybe he like moves his chair back and it squeaks, squeaks on the floor at the same time he blows the harmonica. So his dad is a stick figure he's on an exam sheet. Yeah. And okay. he's not going to help him out with the exam. Okay. Sort of thing. Can you think of any others? Because I've got a few more examples here, but they're much later in Charlie's life. Sure. Okay. Maybe he is like a teenager. Mm-hmm. 
he's getting into his first like romantic situation he's a bit confused he plays the harmonica and his dad comes back as a condom See, I, I, I thought of that one and I thought, no, I'll just leave that one for John. You knew I'd go, yeah. The low-hanging fruit, John. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that he's he's got he's gone back to a girl's house yeah. for the first time mm-hmm. and he's completely out of his depth, you mm-hmm. know, as everybody is. And uh, he's like, well, I need, I need some advice, I need some fatherly advice at this point. And so mm-hmm. he just goes into the bathroom. That's all he's got with him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, because, you know, if you're in that kind of situation, just go into the bathroom and play your harmonica. It's got a harmonica and a condom. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What more do you need? Uh, He quickly realises this was a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Cool. Well, great maturity. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I'm here Um, for. Okay, so ones I've got later on. uh, So, let's say it, it works out with this girl. Okay. Okay, there's got to be something with, like, a proposal or something. Okay, yeah, sure. So, what can we do there? Oh, okay, so he asks his dad, because him and Ke- like Michael Keaton and Kelly Preston seem like they have a good relationship, like, yeah. they, they still fancy each other, they yeah. seem, even though he doesn't want to speak to her after he comes back from the, the beyond. Mm-hmm. You know, he seem, this seems like they had a good marriage. So, yeah, maybe he, he's like, wants his father's advice on how to, you know, propose to a girl or ask, you know, ask a girl to marry him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he calls his dad, and his dad comes back as a... Oh, um, the little box that the wedding ring actually goes in. Oh, okay, so it's little, the, the yeah. box that opens and closes, that's <laughs> yeah. his mouth. Like, wow. Yeah. Because I could just see some jokes of, like, so Charlie gets down on one, one knee and says, will you marry me? And then the box is just like, go on, Say do yes. it. Yeah. <laughs> and whenever, like, she goes to get the ring, he just sort of... So it closes it really quickly and just, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that could be weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. Still get Michael Keaton for all these things. But oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. Or we could just get like a different comedian each time. It doesn't make any sense. No. Keep no. it as Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think he's going to be keen to revisit this franchise. No, but let's be honest. Throw enough money at It's not happening. No, no, sure. Um, okay, so then when Charlie goes on his stag do, mm-hmm. um, he goes to Amsterdam. Okay. Where he eats one too many special cakes. And uh, can't find his way back to the hotel. Okay. So he goes into a sex shop, buys a sex doll, blows it off and plays the harmonica. Oh, that's, that's even more... Well, it's as disturbing as the condom. Yeah. Like, this, is, this, is, this is crossing a lot of boundaries of situations where I would want to speak to any dead relative, particularly... Well, my dad is alive, thank God. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. No. Um, so the, his dad helps him find his hotel, uh, gives him a dad lecture. Sure, yeah. Um, and uh, then lets himself down and deflates. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> deflates back into the afterlife. <laughs> deflates into the afterlife. <laughs> okay, moving past that. So, another one at the wedding. Mm-hmm. Charlie gets a wedding cake made in the shape of his dad. Okay, sure. So, his, dad is, <laughs> his dad is now a cake. That, that seems like his wife might have some thoughts about that. Or his future <laughs> wife might have some thoughts about that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for our wedding cake for this special day, I want it to be shaped in the, in the shape of my dead father. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then it gets brought back to life for all the guests to see. Maybe um, he. I'm going to. Offer a correction. Mm. Maybe he comes back as the little man on top of the wedding cake. Yeah, that works pretty well. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was going to say, it's all fun and games until uh, they all finish dinner and mm. they need to cut the cake. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it gets... Uh, Very sad, yeah. Quite graphic, yeah. should we say. Mm. Strawberry jam everywhere. Yeah. Or the little man on top, yes. Yeah, the little man on top seems more like, oh, he could survive that. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. He gets to watch the whole thing. You can, like, flirt with the woman on top as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's all sorts that can happen. I don't really have many more here. I've got, uh, the last one is, once Charlie's all grown up and had kids, um, his daughter, who's just, like, a young four-year-old or something, 
she's playing with macaroni, like making paintings or whatever. Mm. And uh, yeah, then she plays the harmonica, and her granddad is now a macaroni painting. Wow. I was supposed like the little macaroni mouth could move. And... Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I was thinking it could be like a Toy Story thing where he, he summons him back when he's had kids as like a child's toy, like a Woody action, you know, a Woody action ah, thing. So, so he okay. can meet his grandkids. Yeah, I like that. Or maybe like it snows again and the snowman just comes back as a snowman or some winter mm-hmm. to meet his grandkids. Yeah. He just, you know, all the things he misses because he died young, he gets to experience as a snowman. Sure. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Any, anything else you can think of or, or, or is that it? No, that's about it. Yeah, unless maybe he comes back again as like a dialysis machine when the son's like an old man himself. Like. <laughs> a dialysis machine. <laughs> oh. Dialysis machines just process urine. Yes. Great. Yes. <laughs> Lovely. I didn't say it was a great idea. But... No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool, yeah, yeah. I guess that works. Yeah, you could like usher his son into the afterlife with him, like, you know, come, come with me, son. Mm. Then you're, soon one day your child will summon you into all these horrific forms of, you know... Mm-hmm. When you're just trying to enjoy heaven or whatever it is that you've gone to. Yeah, sure. Um, the only other idea that I had for this, which I'm glad I didn't really do, was any kind of uh, reanimating of a corpse. Sure. How do you mean? Well, it's not like the family cat dies. Or so, well, that dog dies or whatever. Oh, and that's brought back as a snow dog. <laughs> snow dog's better than no dog. Sure. Again, that's not quite where I was going, but I was thinking to bring back Mark Keaton as that dead dog. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. It goes into a whole, a whole kind of pet cemetery zombie kind of... Hmm. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <gasps> Maybe that does happen, and the dog bites somebody and causes a zombie outbreak. That, and there's the Walking Dead. There's your movie. Great. Mm. Sure. That's a franchise right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Yeah, okay. Some good ideas there. Yeah. Cool. Yes, I've done it. Good stuff. I like those. Cool. So I've done something a little bit different this week because mm-hmm. I found this film to be bad and frustrating. Yes. So in the past, sometimes I have. Or we both have pitched kind of remakes. Like, you know, remake it as a musical. That's mm-hmm. been a thing we've done. Remake it as a horror film. That's something we've done occasionally. Mm-hmm. So this week I've chosen to remake this film as a better version of this film. Okay. So basically the same plot, but done in a way that I think would be better. Mm-hmm. So rather than a sequel or a prequel. So a thing that remakes never do, but always should do. Yes, exactly. Is take a bad film and turn it into a good film. Yeah. They always do the opposite. Yeah, why try and remake a classic film? Remake yeah. a film that could have been good but failed. Yeah. Like, remake The Golden Compass, please. Oh, fucking hell, Please do it. remake The Golden Compass. I think they are, actually, but it's like a TV show. Oh, a Netflix know. show. Netflix, it's Netflix, yeah. of course. Yeah, that, that, that could work. Just don't go in the series of unfortunate events direction. Sure, yeah. That's just a bit much. Yeah. Anyway, so this is my idea. The same film, but better. I think I've gone off Neil Patrick Harris now. He's kind of overexposed, isn't he? He's Yeah, the, yeah. I've had too much of him. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, he's not in this, don't worry. Good. My, my pitch for improving Jack Frost is not recast as Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> uh, I've not actually done any recasting with this, but we could talk about it or not, but mm. the idea is to, to improve the story. Mm-hmm. So the setup is basically the same. We've got Jack Frost is a devoted husband and father, mm-hmm. but he's always away on tour with his band. Mm-hmm. Now, in my movie, the fundamentals of the music industry are going to make a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be like a session vocalist, maybe, who's always like waiting on his big break. So instead of being like, you know, oh, I'm touring all these gigs, but I'm an unsigned act, which doesn't make any sense. He's like playing like functioning gigs and stuff, but he's still holding on for his big break. Mm-hmm. Even though he's like getting older, obviously, it's unrealistic at this point that he's ever going to be a pop star or yeah. a rock star or whatever. But he's always wasting on that big break. So as a result, he's letting the good things in life pass him by because he's always going to the next gig, the next thing. So he's not spending a lot of time with his kid and his wife. Mm-hmm. Much like this film, but it's, it's more. He's not like a bad, un- unpleasant dad, but again, he's like a slightly, you know, absent dad. Yeah. 
not really like living his full life. Yeah. And again, like in the original film, he's got a best friend, the Mark Addy character. Mm-hmm. Who did you know that? I don't think they ever say his name in full in the film. Do you know what his name is in Jack Frost? No. It is Mac MacArthur. Oh, cool. Mac MacArthur. Sure, yeah, that works. So he's going to have a best friend who's going to be a Mark Addy type, you know. Yeah. But in my version... Cause I mean, he's not really a Mark Addy type because Mark Addy does nothing in this film. He doesn't, except for moving on the wife. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. That kind of happens in the background in this film. Mm. Like, he's always there. It really seems like he's very close with the wife. And it seems like in the end... Because in the last scene of the film, when Michael Keaton's gone back to heaven or whatever, mm. he's in the house, he's playing the piano and stuff. So does that imply that him and Kelly Preston did get together? Like, Maybe. I felt like it should have been addressed. It should have been like Michael a bit, Keaton. A bit more obvious. Yeah, Michael Keaton should have been like, this is cool, you're my best friend, I want you to be happy, I want my wife to be happy, mm-hmm. you have my blessing. Yeah. That would have been nice, but it just isn't really touched. It's like, oh, in the background, he's kind of seducing the wife. Mm. Interesting. So my version, he is... Madly in love with Jack's wife from the beginning, before Jack even dies. Mm-hmm. He just has a huge crush on her. This friend, you know, he doesn't have particularly much going on in his life apart from the band. He sees that his best friend and bandmate has this beautiful wife, this family. He becomes very, very jealous and resentful mm-hmm. because he feels like this Jack's not appreciating what he has and he has nothing. And he, d- he would definitely appreciate it if he had all this stuff. Yeah. So at some point, the band goes on the road. Mm-hmm. Again, it's like it's Christmas, much like in the actual film. It's Christmas, Jack's supposed to go to the cabin with his family, but he gets this call from the, for this gig or whatever, like a record company meeting, whatever it might be. He chooses that. The band will go on the road and leave the family for Christmas. Yeah. While they're on the road, Mac is driving, the Mark Addy character is driving, and he notices that the brakes on the van are dangerously faulty. Mm-hmm. They're not working properly. But he doesn't say anything to Jack. And then when Jack decides to turn around and go home, he gives him the keys and says, well, why don't you take the car? Yeah. Which he does in the film. He like he's like you say the key. yeah yeah yeah. So I, that at that point in the film, I was like, is Mark Addy the villain? Is he the reason he dies? Which I don't think the film is trying to say that, but I thought that'd be more interesting. Okay. So this version he is like he's like oh all the brakes are faulty. I should probably tell him, but I should now let him take the car on. So basically he lets he gives him the keys, Jack the keys, and lets him drive away alone on an icy road at night with faulty brakes. And obviously, the, inevitably, Jack is driving. His brakes fail. He swerves off the road and he is killed. Mm-hmm. He wakes up in the afterlife. Uh, okay. Yeah, we're going to fill in some gaps that this film decided to just like, you know, sure. skim right past. So let's assume that it's basically heaven. I've not really thought much about what this afterlife is. So it's white, cloudy. Basically, yeah. He's just in an afterlife. There's a giant guy with a booming Morgan Freeman voice. Sure. It's not like the flaming pits of hell, basically. Mm-hmm. Anyway, wherever he is, he is able to look down on his family and kind of see what's going on with them since he died. Mm-hmm. And so he sees that the man who killed him, essentially is now making a move to infiltrate his family. Because much like the original film, now the Mark Addy character, this Mac character, is like you know comforting the wife, and they're getting very close. He's moved into the house. All this mm-hmm. kind of stuff's happening. But obviously, he, Jack knows that he's a bad guy. He killed him. Yeah. He also sees that his son has become very depressed and is struggling to cope you know, with, all, with school and with life since he died. And he's desperate to go back. So he begs and pleads. He goes to the Department of Reincarnations or something in, in heaven, and he begs and pleads to be able to go back to warn his family and to kind of set things right. And whoever's in charge of all these things says, sorry, nobody gets to go back. That's, that's against the rules. You get mm-hmm. one shot in life and then you're done. Mm-hmm. But he begs and he pleads and he eventually he strikes a deal where he's going to be allowed to return to Earth for one week exactly. Just one week. So there's a ticking yeah. clock now. There's a time limit. Yeah, sure. It's not just, I'm bored, I'm leaving. Bye. He can only return for one week and he can only communicate with one person. So he chooses his son. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, I'll communicate with my son. So he agrees, not realising that he's going to come back to Earth in the form of a snowman. Mm-hmm. 
But of course, that's what happens. So he gets back to Earth. Maybe some plays the harmonica or something. Who cares? Uh, he gets down to Earth and suddenly realizes he's oh fuck, I'm a snowman. Yeah, that's the title of this film. Oh fuck, I'm a snowman. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay, so different audience then. Sure. Yeah. So he gets back to Earth and has to adjust to the fact that he has this new body. Now he has a snowman's body, mm-hmm. and there's going to be problems with that. You know, like dogs are going to pee on him and steal his arms, and he can't really move around very well. And, yeah. You know, they're just going to spend a bit more time on that that this film kind of fast forwarded. A bit of time on him actually, you know, processing the fact that, oh my god, I'm a snowman. True. Maybe that's the a better title. Oh my god, I'm a snowman. <laughs> Maybe oh holy fuck, I'm a snowman is going to narrow the audience slightly. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm a snowman's pretty good. Cool. Okay. So yeah, that's going to be the main plot of this film is him actually dealing with being a snowman, and rather than the second half of this film just being one long sledging sequence, mm-hmm. it's just going to actually be oh, what would that be like? You know. Sure. It's a bit weird. Anyway, so he manages to make contact with his son, who's obviously very freaked out at first, but he manages to convince the son that he is in fact his father, much like he does in the actual film. Mm-hmm. But everybody else, when the son is talking to the snowman, he sees like a living snowman. Like he's, you know, he sees the snowman moving, the, ma- the mouth moving, etc. Everybody else just sees a static snowman. Mm-hmm. So nobody else can see, in this version, no one else can see it. Because I felt like that was a flaw in this film. The fact that everyone could see it was the snowman. Yeah, but, no, but yeah, nobody did. But nobody seemed to care. Mm. Like, yeah, Henry Rollins sees it, but then he's like, doesn't really follow up on it particularly. He's mm-hmm. like, just don't talk about snowman to me. Like, in this version, it's just the sun, and that makes it more believable that, pe- that people would think, oh, he's gone crazy. Yeah, because he's just talking to a literal snowman. Yes. So they, everyone starts to think that the sun is having some kind of breakdown. Mark Addy has uh, at this point become quite abusive to the son because mm-hmm. all he really wants is to be alone with Kelly Preston all the time. Mm-hmm. So he tries to have the son committed to a mental asylum, like an institute. The son learns about this plan. Maybe the snowman like eavesdrops and overhears or something. And so he runs away to the cabin with his snow dad, you know, the cabin in the woods in the mountains. Yeah. Uh, so there's a big hunt on for them. Mark Addy actually manages to find out where they've gone. He chases them up the cabin, pursues them, and there's a big confrontation scene where the son accuses Mark Addy of killing his dad. Because obviously the snowman's told him what happened. Yeah, sure. Uh, and in, in, in a blind rage, Mark Addy admits to the killing and he says that Jack deserved to die for not appreciating all the good things he had in his life when he had nothing. He had nothing. It's very dramatic. Mm-hmm. However, his angry yelling in the middle of this mountain environment accidentally causes an avalanche that comes down and buries Mark Addy and the son, Charlie. Okay. So Jack the snowman, who's also there, desperately like digs the son out of the snow and manages to save his life just in time for Kelly Preston to arrive. Mm. And she's obviously driving up as well. Whatever, she's a little mm-hmm. bit behind. So then that's it. This, you know, the son is rescued. They have the tearful goodbye. And this is conveniently just the end of the week. So this happens. Jack's time runs out and he tearfully says goodbye to his wife and son. He says how much he loves them. Mm-hmm. He to his wife them. as well. Yeah. She sees him at this point. He becomes Michael Keaton again or he becomes whoever he decided it was. Sure. Yeah. Just for a few seconds, you know, just as he's disappearing. Yeah, okay, that works. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he returns to the afterlife, having saved his son and his wife from evil Mark Addy. Mm. And then we just get a post-credit scene where we see that the Mac character, the Mark Addy character, who did die in the avalanche, reincarnates into the body of a snowman. So we just see a snowman like open its eyes, and it's like it's Mark Addy. However, unlike Jack, nobody can see him, and he can't move. So we see a dog run over and piss on him, and then we see the hot sun start shining down on him, mm-hmm. and we just hear him kind of mumble, "No!" And then boom, film ends. <laughs> Yeah, sure. That's 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 pretty good, I guess. Yeah, it's just the same film, but a bit darker and a bit more realistic. Mm-hmm. Just a bit more detail. Great. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's a good show. And that was Oh my God, I'm a Snowman. I think unless I think of a better title. Oh my God, I'm a Snowman's good. Cool. Okay, listener submissions. Let's go for it. I got uh, Luke Ossenvort 
Um, says, look, I've never seen Jack Frost, but I have seen Tim Allen's Santa Claus 3. Mm. Jack Frost is in this one. In it, Jack Frost ruins Christmas by commercialising it, which the film totally doesn't do, of course. Yeah. Um, so maybe that can just be a sequel to this movie. Sure. I guess that works. Yeah. Well, Keaton is a bad guy again, I guess, against Tim Allen. Yeah, yeah maybe it's like a perspective thing. In, in this film, he's a good guy, but when he comes back again, he's a bad guy. Mm. For whatever reason. Yeah, sure. Gregory Gritman said, I prefer the horror movie of the same name. Yes. Um, and then people have posted a lot of gifts from that, which are a little disconcerting. Yeah, I believe there's a scene in that film where the snowman rapes a woman with his carrot nose. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so pretty much the only sequel idea that I've actually got is from uh, Josh Barnard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack and Jill Frost. Mm-hmm. Either Jack is lonely, so the boy built him a snow lady, or the boy is falling for a girl and her mum dies and also comes back as a snow person. I like that second idea. Yeah. Just gender flip it. Yeah. yeah. Works pretty well. Yeah. And then it would be a snow person with boobs. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay, I have a few as well. Mm-hmm. So, Miles Breckinridge said, After melting, Jack Frost remains conscious, but lacks the physical form necessary to communicate with anyone. Yeah. As the water that once made up his body diffuses further and further, the entity of Jack Frost spreads around the globe, still plotting his dad rock comeback. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like he's everywhere. Like, okay. Weird. Like the shape of water? So, 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 there's something there. There's something there, definitely. I don't know, there's some kind of pun that I nearly made. Yeah. Keep thinking. Get back to I'm, me. I'm not going to. Fair enough. Connor Crehan said, Jack Frost 2, The Meltdown. Jack Frost... It's <sighs> a good one. That's, I might use that one. For that's, the title. Yeah. that's really good. <laughs> yeah. Jack Frost reforms as melted snow and gets refrozen as a block of ice. He, he then goes to DC to lobby for immediate climate change legislation. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, snow melts because of climate change. So, mm-hmm. bad news for snowmen. The forgotten victims of climate change. Snowmen. I'm, I'm still just thinking about Jack Frost 2, The Meltdown. It's a good title. That's mm-hmm. a, that is a damn solid title. Mm-hmm. Here's another good one. Alex Gridette said, Snowman or The Unexpected Virtue of Christmas. <laughs> like Birdman, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Johnny James Fuller said, Jack Frost Nixon. He's brought back to life one more time for the interview of the century. The climax of the film sees both man and snowman pouring moisture from the heated line of questioning, the other from the heated spotlights. Oh, that's like, do you know the Frost Nixon film about? Vaguely. Yeah, President Nixon, American president, got interviewed on British TV by David Frost, the interviewer. Cool. Sweated a lot, ended his, ended his career. Did it? Yeah. Oh, cool. N- news to me. Yeah, cool. Uh, Joseph Wade. Nixon's still alive. What? Nixon's still alive. No, long dead. Okay, long cool. dead. Uh, Joseph Wade said, do a crossover with <laughs> the other Jack things. Frost. Yeah. Do a crossover with the other Jack Frost and have Keaton Frost have to rescue his teenage son from the mutant killer snowman. Since Frost versus Frost. Great, I like it. Mm-hmm. Drew Mancini also said Jill Frost, a lazy retelling of the exact same story but with a mom instead of a dad. It would be released straight to streaming with god awful cover art. Brilliant. Cool. Yep. Joe Herman, Jack Frost and Snowpiercer take place in the same universe. Yeah. The world outside the train is ruled by sentient snow people. Nice. That's good, yeah. Yep. Phil Catterell said, Jack and Jill Frost, Michael Keaton, snowman, meets a snow woman, and they go up a hill, I guess. Anyway, they bone. <laughs> yeah, nice. sure. Uh, Daniel Casey said, every joke is just, did you just call me butt dad? Yeah. A great joke in this film. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is one of my favourites. I think you'll like this one. Spencer Cop said, coming in 2019, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is Jacked Frost. Oh, God. <laughs> Stuart Jip said, Jack off Frost, subheading, that ain't snow. <laughs> Jeremy Kloss said, this time it's a dead kid who becomes a snowman to console his parents. 
Oh, that's creepy. So two parents lose a kid, and the kid comes back as a snowman. Mm, okay. That sounds disturbing and arty. One good thing, as OTG Pod said, again, complete remake of Birdman, only Regan is being stalked by a ridiculous CGI snowman. Okay. Yeah. At Contrarian Prime, the Contrarians said, Turns out Michael Keaton didn't move on to the afterlife. Instead, he went back in time to the 70s, where he was captured by government agents and turned into the US president's secret pet. This is Jack's story of survival and eventually escape. Title, Frost Nixon. Mm. Brilliant, yeah. yeah. Quiz and Hers, at Quiz and Hers, said, We've never seen this movie, so cross it over with the horror movie of the same name. Kindly family man Jack Frost has to protect his family from ruthless killer Jack Frost, who wants revenge for stealing the title of his film. Call it Frost Frost. Tagline, stay frosty. I'll see myself out. <laughs> uh, at one Aussie nerd also said, Jill Frost. And finally, Blokebusters, at Blokebusters, said, Charlie grows up, moves to a new town, and gets married to a wonderful woman called Alex. However, it turns out she's being hunted by the former CEO of a chemical plant in Paradise Valley. So Jack has to come back and help save the day. Title, Jack Frost. He's back for Mac. Oh, it's Alex Mack. It's a TV show from the 90s. Blokebusters loves a good obscure reference, I've noticed. What's uh, the 90s? What's the 90s? It's a... <laughs> Never you mind. It's not, it doesn't concern you. Okay, great. Yeah. Cool. Good to know. Um, and those are our sequel ideas. So if you have a sequel idea for Jack Frost or any films we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is available on all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Acast, and Google Play. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just search Beyond the Box Set or at Beyond the Box Set on Twitter. And we have merchandise available at tpublic.com. And you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Beyond the Box Set. Cool. And so next week, mm. because it's the last episode of the year. It's the last episode of our Christmas season. I think we're going to do a year-end thing, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. We're going we're gonna to do a 2018 wrap-up where um, we're going to do like a quick little... A very quick little review of every single film that we've seen this year. Yeah, we'll, which, we'll, we'll figure out the details. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I believe last year it was like two episodes we put out. Yeah, we split it like six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we did it all in one go though. Yes, we did. We yeah. recorded it all in one. Yeah, yeah. That, that's always a good bit of fun, especially if you've um, not been following our Patreon feed where we've been doing full reviews of all these things. Yes, we'll do quicker ones. Mm-hmm. But for the episode that happens before that, so next week. Um, we are doing another crossover with uh, Two Geeks, Two Movies, the podcast that I do with uh, my co-host Ross. Uh, yeah, we're crossing over with Two Geeks, Two Movies, and we're doing a film that's uh, that's John's choice again, um, same as last time. Mm-hmm. It's uh, got a Muppet movie. Um, it's been it's been remade a few times. Once as a Muppet movie. Uh, what are we doing, John? I've, 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 we're doing Scrooged for this podcast. For this, for Beyond the Box Set, we are doing the movie Scrooged with Bill Murray. Ah, yeah, okay. But we're also doing an episode of Two Geeks Two Movies. That's going to be another Three Geeks Three Movies because I'm joining in, in which we will compare Scrooged, Muppet Christmas Carol, and I believe the classic movie adaptation of A Christmas Carol, probably mm-hmm. the Alistair Sim version. Is that a person that people know? It, he was the star of like the '50s version of. A Christmas Carol? That's I don't know. Not really what I asked, but sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Some people will know. So, uh, yeah, we'll be comparing those three movies. And the way that uh, Two Geeks, Two Movies, or Three Geeks, Two Movies in this case, the way that it works, yeah, we pick these movies, we try and come up with a plot summary for all three of them simultaneously, without specifying anything to, to each one. Um, and then we just uh, review all, all three films at once. We uh, talk about different points, and then 
what else happens? At the end, Ro- at the end, Ross does puns. Yes, that's uh, Ross enjoys himself. So yeah, he keeps him off the streets, doesn't yeah. he? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If his puns have got to go anywhere, at least at least it's going to save space. Yeah. yeah. So that's Two Geeks, Two Movies, um, which obviously you can find everywhere to search Two Geeks, Two Movies, whatever. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be out the Christmas special for that episode and conclude the Christmas month for this podcast. Yeah, so tune in next week for Scrooged and keep an eye out for Two Geeks, Two Movies in which we will be doing Scrooged, Muppet Christmas Carol and A Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. So they will all be coming out probably just before Christmas. Yes. So yeah, uh, see you next week. Bye. Bye. No dad's better than no dad. Let's go.